This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Moded Studio. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Moded Studios Embroidered Patches and Apparel. Check out modedstudios.com and find all the latest and greatest in patches and apparel. Fully embroidered. They're always updating their website and they do custom work. Some of my favorite patches, well, is this new one that I'm loving. It's Bernie Sanders. I am once again asking 2020 presidential campaign meme. Uh, they also have spam, musabi, sushi patches. They have uh, oh, baby Yoda patches and Snow White smoking out of a poison apple patch. Modestudios.com. Check them out. M-O-D-E-D-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com. Now on with the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Mr. Dwayne Williams. Dwayne is a wonderful drummer and an activist and a union guy, and he's in Washington always uh, spitting fire up those assholes' asses. So, uh, uh, I, I, Dwayne is an awesome dude. I, I had the honor of playing with him in the One Love reggae band. Um, but we'll get to Dwayne here in a moment. First, go to reinamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E, and check out the latest singles, which we have a new single coming out. When's that new single coming out? What day is it? Saturday? We have a new single coming out this Saturday, which is, um, I don't even know what the date is. It's, it's the 22nd. February 22nd, 2020. We have a new single coming out. And what is it right now? And it's Lyrical Drive-By. Uh, so basically, this uh, what we're doing is a month, every month, Raina has decided to drop a new single. And this month, of the, of the month of February, we're doing a, a throwback demo of, it's not even a demo, it's actually a fully recorded song of Lyrical Drive-By, which is from the band that me and Raina first met in, conscious in the co-op so uh pretty excited for that so stay tuned uh go to we speak english good at wait a second no i'm fucking it all up we speak english that still exists uh go follow us on instagram and facebook and check out the music tutorials and silly shit and podcast content that i throw up there all the time also i've been throwing shit up on my youtube uh just in case you're you're interested and if you are interested in doing the music tutorials, I do suggest going and watching them on YouTube because you can rewind and scrub to the point that you need to keep rewinding to because that's how it works, right? Anyways, uh, so go check that out. Follow us. What was it? It was like, subscribe, review. So like us on Facebook, on, on Instagram, on, uh, on Spotify. Uh, uh, like, subscribe, review. So subscribe to us on Apple Music or, or Podomatic or Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. And then, of course, review. Leave us a five star if you want. Uh, or you can uh, write a review. That's always helpful in the algorithm of, uh, of the Apple and all the other um, podcast hosting stuff. Anyways, we're moving on. Let's just get into Dwayne. I'm done talking. I don't really feel like talking. And yeah, so let's just keep going. I'll just talk to you guys on the other side. Dwayne Williams, everybody. Dwayne Williams. 
Today we got Dwayne Williams on the podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what happened? I got way too high and started doing this. That's what happened. I should have got right. this high before I start talking to people. You know what, dad? You know who you're talking to. I'm just trying to Well, anyways, we got Dwayne Williams on the podcast today. Dwayne is a fantastic drummer. He's an activist. He's uh he, he he I mean, you do a, a ton of shit. That that it, it, you're a rapper or at least used to be a rapper. I mean, you're a father. You there's a lot to cover here. So, um I, I appreciate you coming on the show first of all. So, uh thank you very much. Ain't no problem. I appreciate you uh sharing a little airtime. Let me tell on myself, I guess. Yeah, man. Hey. That's what it's here for. It's, I feel like it's a. I feel like musicians should share their stories. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it's such a it's such a weird uh, profession, a weird path, a weird you know passion to pursue. Uh, and and I just think that it's like a, it's. I just find it fascinating uh, to, to know what the story is behind musicians. So, do you have a lineage of music in your family? Uh, yes, I actually do. You know, I'm third generation. <clears throat> My granddad was more of a singer than he was an actual, uh, uh, player of music, a musician. My granddad was a, a vocalist, quartet singer, and he raised my, my mother to be able to sing. And she was one of 15, eighth out of 15 kids. Oh my God. I'm the 19th grandchild out of 40. Oh my God. <laughs> well, my generation is very music, music, uh, instrumentalist, musician heavy. So, yeah. And then on my dad's side, I have a lot of musicians on that side also. My cousin Garland actually used to rock with uh, Tyler Perry before he became very big and his stuff was on screen he traveled with the plays and played the organ for him so oh wow that's cool uh what, Go ahead. did it so with your cousin he, they didn't have uh they didn't have a he he didn't have a spot for him i mean because tyler perry is notorious for for bringing people up with him and giving people opportunities especially in the black community black actors right. black musicians i was just i was just curious if uh that if he didn't have an opportunity to keep working with Tyler Perry or if he just, there was not a place for him or they just went well, their separate know, ways. You know, I never asked, but you know how the business goes. Yeah, man. totally. I, you know, uh, my cuz probably, he might have just wanted to do that realm of it, you know, torn with the live plays and when he actually went to screen, you know, you never know. Cause he's, yeah, still, you're right. he's, still, he's still playing. You know, some people just want to play. Yeah. Even though even though there's a lot of money in making soundtracks and and and, and uh scoring and different avenues you can do. Yeah. You know, you never know what nobody's doing behind the scenes, especially in today's world, because you can do everything from home and they never see you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I talk to I talk a lot I talk to a lot of those people. Those people who are just in their room where they just yeah. make they're just making songs in their room with a ukulele and their little drum yeah. set and then yeah. they yeah. they send them off. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so you got a so you come from a, a musical family then? Oh yeah. Okay. My dad's drummer. Yeah. Did you do any church playing coming up? 
That's where I grew up at. Oh, okay, okay. I used to always tell folks, my people are walking Bibles, mm. you know. So I went to church every day except probably Monday. <laughs> it, it, why Why not on Monday? I don't know. But I'll thank you for <laughs> I don't you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't make the schedule, bro. I was just brought up in it, you know. No, I know, I, I get but, it, I get it. If, if the, that's the beauty, but the, but the beauty of it is, you know, the chops that you can develop in the church house, you can't get anywhere else. Absolutely. I mean, I mean they have it scripted on paper how to order the services, but on paper, it's only like a two-hour service. <laughs> <laughs> but in <It's> reality, <laughs> right? You got a whole lot of ad libbing. <laughs> Yeah, the freestyling going on, so it, it ends up being about three and a half, four hours, maybe. Oh yeah, man, that that like the three yeah. months that I participated in a in, in a Baptist church, and and like the three months that I had the opportunity to participate in that was like it was boot camp for me because it was just, I mean, I couldn't hear the chord changes, I couldn't, I mean, and then and then you would learn a song in a certain key, and then the deacon. He's saying whatever he's singing in an in whatever key he's singing in. So you have to find the key that they're singing in, right? And go behind them. And so it's just it, it like it's it's a beautiful training ground for your ear. It's a beautiful training ground just for just, I mean, just for vamping, just for just I mean, there's just so many awesome awesome things that come out of the church that i wish i had the opportunity to like fully be embedded in i had catholic a catholicism which is not very entertaining in the music side yeah yeah whole lot of humming whole lot of humming and let me read you know yes it's a it's very boring very boring very tired baptist church you are on your feet you're clapping you're you're yelling hey, 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 and y'all crackers don't taste as well. Communion. <laughs> <laughs> those things. I I don't even know how they could call those fucking thing crackers. They're like these. They're like breath strips, like doughy breath strips. <laughs> fucking gross. Oh man. Yeah. So so you came up in the church a lot of play, and you know, like I remember when we first were playing. Um, uh, when we first started playing together you were very held back and you were very like reserved because we were learning. But then once we got on the stage and I heard you like do a, a like a, you know, like you just did this run. I was like, Oh, that's church chops right there. Like that's church chops. Cause you, there's just a very distinct way that people play that come out of the church that, Oh man, I, I wish I had that. Like I work, I work almost daily to try to just get that feel I just, I just, I don't have it in me, man. It, I mean, maybe it's in there somewhere, but I don't know. Yeah, that's in there. It, it, yeah, I, I try, I try. Anyway, so, so then, uh, did you, did you, did you uh, do music? Were you pursuing music through your adolescence, like in high school, and and or, or uh, was it just still church uh, based? No, no, I, uh, I started. Actually, my oldest memories in my life, I do not ever remember not playing music. No, I started out on congas. Okay. So I started that as an infant. I got pictures sitting on my pop's lap when I was not even one yet. So I always remember being around it. But as I, you know, got older, 
And I kick myself now. I say, you know, when band came around in school, like in fifth grade, I should have took drums to learn how to read the literature, read the tablature. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I had a mind all over the place. So I wanted to learn other instruments. I wanted to hear different things. So I grabbed the clarinet first. Hmm. And then I grabbed the clarinet. I just like the warm sound of it. It reminded me of a of a voice, you know. Yeah. Certain certain notes on it. So my mom, one of her good friends, is a harpist. So I got to hang around her every now and then and just to hear the harp being played, it made my mind go all over the place. So like I said, I grabbed the clarinet, didn't really stick with that too tough. Did that for about a year. Then I grabbed the trombone. I love the bass clef, you know, bass guitars. Uh, that's the drummer's best friend. Mm-hmm. So instead of staying with drums, because I felt like I was already on the track of being all right on those, I branched out. And ultimately, you know, I ended up getting a guitar. I begged my dad for a guitar. He bought me a cherry red Chevette guitar with a whammy bar. All right. I mean, he, he, my dad saved and bought me that, man. That's and nice. and I never got good on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah. At least you tried. Hey, you he know? tried. He did. Yeah. He did. And then... uh then I started buying keyboards and stuff when I got in the military. I actually, everybody knew I could play drums. You know, I was, I had been to Washington, D.C. playing by the time I was 13. Went there twice. About 13, 14 years old. So, I, uh, once I, the people knew I could play, It almost became like it was still a battle because I, I didn't tell the part of the story. I was in succession of probably like three or four drummers at any given time. And it almost went by seniority, like at a union job. <laughs> he's been alive and he's been playing here longer. So he's going to get to play. You know, so now was never, this was this in the church world or is this a secular yeah, world? This is in the church world. This is I church. never I never had a drum kit. Oh, I got my first the drum kit. Me and you, you see me playing on. Yeah, that's my first drum kit. I got that when I was thirty-two. Oh wow, yeah, <laughs> right on. So you you just been playing people's. You've been just playing for different organizations that had a, a set for you. Uh, actually, I went. I'm gonna tell you, I uh, was not having a drum kit. A lot of people laugh and they think it's funny, but I'm like, I really learned how to play in my head. Hmm. I'm like, where could I practice? Hmm. I was at church every day, but what did I just tell you? I was in succession in a succession of drummers. So there was no practice time. They practicing with the with the choirs and with the quartets and whatever whatever whatever, you know. My dad played for a quartet that my granddad sang in, my granddad and my uncles. Hmm. My uncle played guitar also, one of them, my uncle Henry. He's the oldest of the 15. He plays guitar. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get any airtime, really. I would hop in during service. If I got there early enough before, you know, the drummer that's going to get to play most of the service. If I get there before them, I might get to play, like, sound check. <laughs> yeah. That was it. 
The sound check ain't gonna be but five minutes. Somebody tapping on the mic saying hello, hello. Yeah, very, very minimal checks, just like let's go, line check. Right. So my imagination was very, very strong. I had to imagine what I wanted to hear. I will wait. Uh, my cousin, I will get his uh, broken drumsticks and take it home and make a makeshift drum kit, like Kleenex boxes, glasses, pots. Things filled with different heights of water in them, just for different tones. You know what I mean? So yeah, that, yeah. that's where I learned that music was everywhere. I tell my kids, you know, the way the wind hits the window. If you listen to it, man, that's music. Those are tones. It's certain whistles. You know, you just got to listen real close. Music is everywhere. Music is in pain. It's in happiness. It's in nothing. <laughs> yeah. It... it, it, it Music is what words can't explain. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's beyond even explanation. <laughs> that's why. That's how I met you. Uh, and in the same week, we played a show. Yeah, it's a language that you really don't have to. Well, you have to master it, but once you get it, you know there's no there's not too much verbiage needed after that. Right. You, you sit down and everybody understand what you got to do. Respect each other's uh, skill level and do what you do. You know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, so then you joined the military. Now, did you? Uh, were you playing in the military at all? <laughs> Actually, in basic training, we were about in our second week. I was in San Antonio at Lackland Air Force Base basic training and our drill instructor comes in he's like if anybody knows how to play music he's like we have an auditions for drum and bugle now if anybody remembers the story of the drum line before drum line ever came out that's who we were hmm. we had about eight cats out of the 16 drummers that couldn't read but we all grew up in church hmm. So what will happen is we watch the cats who could read once they pick it up. And then we just listen and watch their sticks. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. How, that's how you learn. That's how you learned your whole life. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so did you end up making the, the drum corps? We did. Oh, nice. And that's what got me out of doing kitchen duty. <laughs> Hell Yeah. It actually got me. It got me off base too during basic training. Most people can't say that. Hell yeah! Without going a wall. Completely legal. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's so. But I, I, you know, I forgot to ask you how. What was your experience growing up, uh, or not growing up? Uh, well, where did you grow up? Where Where did you grow up when you during all this? Uh, Before the military. Time? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Sandusky, Ohio. Oh, man. okay, okay. So that's where you live currently, but I, I, I didn't know. Okay, so you were, you came up in Sandusky, and uh, what, what was your high school experience like? Like, did you enjoy high school? Did you, I, I, you know, just generally, how was it? High school was my first taste of politics. Oh, you know what I mean? yeah. Okay, because just as simple as kids playing on a team or whatever, you know, it's politics involved. Right, and that's like the lowest level, the most petty level, <laughs> for sure. But 
can be the most influential because you you can mold or you can or you can build up or destroy somebody's psyche at that point. Young young adults. Yeah. Yeah. That's why teachers should be held to a standard higher than the president now as of yesterday. <laughs> Oh shit, man! Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think that people, teachers, should have master's degrees and like should, you know, I mean, like, or even higher than that. Like, they should be, they should be tested. They should be psychologically tested. They should, mm-hmm. they. You're absolutely right. Teachers need to be held to the highest degree because this is who is educating our children. This is our future, and and this archaic bullshit way that we are still teaching these children to. To do do to sit and stare forward like and wait for the bell to ring like the factories and shit. I mean like that. It's just so outdated now. It's just it, it's really a sad state. I mean America's education in it, ranked in the world is is it should be number one, but it's definitely not. <laughs> I don't know where it's at, but I think it's it's not it's not as high as people probably think it is. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of wild, man. Think about it. I'm scared for the children nowadays because they're the walking blind. Yeah. I was in Washington. A lot of decisions coming down for the president. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, Nancy Pelosi was talking to me yesterday morning. Wow. At the conference I was at. What what was that? So I mean, so just I mean, now we're kind of shifting phases, but I, I do want to get into this. Now you're you're a union rep, and you also do activism. Um, tell me a little bit before before we get into Nancy Pelosi, because I am interested. Uh, well, wh- how 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 did you get involved with that? You said you kind of learned in high school, you know, the first taste of politics, but then it seems like you went further. Yeah, and that that's only just because of living life. No, oh, of course, that was that wasn't a chosen path, right? You know, because I I take I go back because I did jump. You know, the conversation uh, just jumped like a checker game. Yeah, I know. I got <laughs> no. I did that. I did that. I take that one checker back. Don't king me yet. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I go. I'm in the military. Mm. I end up getting stationed in Alabama. Montgomery, Alabama, civil rights movement, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually meet a guy while I'm on base named Jason Walker from North Carolina. Love him to death. I ain't seen him in about 20 years. We, we working on that. But anyway, Jay Walker, he was getting out. We used to ride around and listen to music in his white cutlass. Blood red interior, you know. But before he got out, he said, I'm gonna introduce you to somebody, man. So he introduced me to a guy who, like, another brother my mom didn't have. This guy's from Pittsburgh, Quasimodo, Roundtable Entertainment, you know. Oh, okay. Yes, he, he introduced me to this guy. Now, me and this guy. We butt heads at first a little bit. I don't need to learn what he's doing. He knew how to use pro audio equipment. Mm. You know, the keyboards and the MPs. So 
I uh, meet him. He's like, you the only guy I know got a guitar in his room, in my dorm room in the military. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm introducing you to this guy because I think you need to meet him because he's trying to do what you need to do. And I meet him, and we butt heads. And Jay gets out, but I stay in contact with this guy. And through, you know, just staying in contact with him, he ends up starts teaching me how to get down, you know, how to formulate my ideas that I have. Next thing you know, I'm cranking my own beat. I actually sold the first beat I ever made. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> I had a DR5, a Boss DR5. The cool thing about that was four track, but you could uh, you could run it through your car. That's back when you had the tape. You put yeah. the tape in the uh, tape player, and it plugs into whatever your CD player or whatever. Right. I plug it into my my beat machine, and we ride through different hoods, and I just play the beat on my machine through the car. Hell yeah! You know, I can let you listen to it right here. I can make it right here. <laughs> you know. Right. That was that was what late nineties. Before 2000 came in, because by the time 2000 came in, 2001, I got out of the military mm. and ended up getting with this company that I shouldn't have at that time. Like a you know? record label? Yeah, I ain't gonna even mention the name to, to, to give no air. Okay, well, don't mention nobody, their name, no, but I, I nobody, you, nobody made nobody major or nothing like that. Okay, but you don't you, know. you don't have to mention their name, but you can't just brush over it like that, man. You got you got to tell yeah. me what happened at least. Nothing, it, I, you know, I don't really blame it on them. Me as a grown man now and knowing how I treat people, I uh. I know I wouldn't do people like this, you know, like how how labels do anyway. Yeah, yeah. They find, they find young talent that don't really know the business and try to take advantage of them through paperwork. Mm -hmm. You know? It's same old story. Right, man. Same old story. Gotcha. But me knowing me, how I look at it, if you want the music business to live, why you want to make it, why you want to be an oligarch in the business? Mm -hmm. When you want to make everybody be a strong business owner, we could be pushing the economy. Yeah. No, you're right, man. I mean, to be able to represent themselves. At the end of the day, everybody should be able to manage themselves. Well, that would be nice. But then here's the thing about managing yourself. This this is my thing about it. Is that you put so much time an effort into management side so that's you know that's sending emails that's setting up dates that you know like communication side of it, it takes up so much time that you have very little time at the end of the day to make music so like i i like management but i know what you're saying i know what you're saying like i'm not getting it mixed up i i know exactly what you're saying like people should be able to handle their own business yeah, yeah, true. And let well, what? Let me take it back. No, no, that, go ahead. That, that's what I'm saying. But to this point right here, please. At some point, I always tell people, you know, starting out, you should be your own manager. Yes, absolutely. That's how I should have said it. You no, should be your okay. own manager. Yeah, because 
then once you get to the point that you cannot control your own gig, like your what then comes your point. You can't manage your music and your appointments. Okay, now you bring in a manager. But now you have the knowledge to the point that if that manager is not doing their job, you know what to call them out on. Yeah. You know, you bring in a blind, a blind artist because they're hungry and they're talented. You take advantage of them because they're naive. It's not right. Uh-huh. And then call yourself a brother. Right. See, I'm trying to build build communities, man. You know, why can't everybody feed their own? You should know how to do this. Let me teach you, brother. Yeah. It's a community. Music music is a community. Should be, because everybody don't speak the language, man. So we got to respect that we have this gift. Absolutely. No, and and, it, and it, that's what's so... <laughs> That's what leaves it open. The fact that it is this community, this broad community, is what almost leaves it open for you know the devil to come in <laughs> because it's uh, it, it it's just I don't know, man. Like it, it's just such a a pure way of communicating, and and a lot of people. A lot of people don't focus on on the other side of it. You know, they focus on playing the music. They focus right. on being a great musician, but then the business side eludes them because right. they're not they're not educating themselves, or no one is educating. They're getting taken advantage of. It's just it's a right place to get taken advantage of because right. so many people are so involved in just creating that they don't put time into the other side of it, the business side of it. So the most important part, yeah. I mean, you can name a lot of musicians that you come across just in your life. And you're like, man, why ain't they out there? Well, the business end, man. I know people who who are very talented, but their business end is no good. And then people with a good business end whose music sucks. Yeah. But the business end is strong and can push it. Right. You know? Oh yeah, man. I, I you know, it, and it's funny. It's like a little, a little bit of money. Um, well, not a little bit, a lot of bit of money, <laughs> I should say. But you have some money, you can buy. You can literally just buy your way onto the TV. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't have to have talent. But if you have money behind you, they will make. You know, you can just buy your. I'm working with this artist right now who, I can't even go into it too deep. But like, she just paid for she just paid for her way on to the to the sea i actually i god damn it, i gotta stop anyways <laughs> no i i i'm talking too much on on a client and i can't but it, yeah. it's uh but you know like she obviously she she has money and like she her she has a family she who's from money and she's able to get the right attention from the right producers because she's able to pay for it and I'm not saying she's not talented or anything like that. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, she has no experience in the business at all. And she's going into this cold as fuck and just recorded a demo. And because she has the bunny, she's getting these these songs uh, in front of these Grammy-winning producers. So, I mean, jeez, oh, it's just... It, it, it's so... It's, so it, 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 it's confounding and it's frustrating. You know, but uh, I yeah. mean, it's it's beautiful too. You know, like this person in this particular situation, it's a beautiful thing because yeah. none of her family believed in her, and and she's doing it. 
even though she's buying her way into it, but she's actually doing it. And so it, it's pretty awesome to see her do it from, you know, from, from this particular situation. But I'm, it's just an example of how, how easy, if you just have money, you could just buy your way in there, talent or not, you know. And to your listeners, I'm not a crazy guy that's anti-industry, you know. Right. You need industry. It's just, I guess I still have a conscience. Morals, <laughs> moral, moral, my morals will never be put on the back burner for money, man. For right, real. right. Well, I mean, shit, that, that's great. I mean, well, especially for someone who is in a... Um, it, who who is into activism and who is someone who fights for you know for the rights of people i i can imagine that that's the last thing on your mind is selling your soul just to for rock and roll you know it's just look at, look at this right here i i tell you i'm in washington yeah bc for this conference well i get a text while i'm at the conference and somebody telling me I had my car parked over at Buddy's in a public spot, nothing illegal. I get a text with a police report showing my car been towed for no reason. This guy makes a false police report saying my car been there over a week. I just left Saturday. Yeah. I just left Saturday. It's today. And the, and the day was only Tuesday when they told it. Yeah, man. So, so I'm out here fighting for this guy and everybody to get treated fair while I'm getting yanked on the back end. <laughs> Ain't that America? Oh, Ain't that America, man. Oh. I'm surprised you had that song on tap, ready to hit it. At. Ain't that America? America. <laughs> you and me. <laughs> Ain't that America? <laughs> oh, free. Okay, I'll stop. Um, and your no. listeners, man. <laughs> they, they, they could take it. They could handle it. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, I know you spent some time, uh, just from us talking, you spent some time in Florida and Miami. I kind of want to get into your, like, uh, to your... Uh, your professional music career that you when once you started really getting into it because uh, I know you just mentioned it in passing that you uh that you've done some work down in Miami and you've worked with some some cool people down there so uh how did you end up out down in Florida or how how did you get there how do we get there how does Dwayne get down there how I got to Florida I actually was uh. When I got back from Alabama, I got back from Alabama, I uh, I came home. Once I came home, I was working at a factory. And that factory had uh, started like laying off. So I took a voluntary layoff. I never did it before in my life. You know, I was ready to work. So I never did it. So I Took a voluntary layoff because I had played this show with this guy. My actually my hip hop group, which was Fam Forever After More. It should be more of a statement than a name. <laughs> Me, my brother Rockness Monster, and then uh, my brother D Will. Be home soon. My brother's down in Mansfield right now. 
Hmm. That's all right. He coming home, though. Stay strong, man. He gonna come back a better man. You know, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. So, we do a show uh, and a buddy of my mutual friend of me and the guitar player I ended up meeting, he was a DJ down there where we performed at. And he had asked me could I play with his friend? His friend was doing like a little tour. Chris Vincent. Shout out to Chris Vincent. Uh, Chris was doing a little tour. He was coming through Sandusky. So he asked me, you know, you mind playing with him? He rode by himself. He usually had like a, a guitar, a, a Taylor acoustic, excuse me, mm. and uh, a loop station. And he would do all kind of, do all kind of little cool stuff. So, me and him, met me, we performed first. I came off. I chopped it up with Chris for a little while. He like, you know, we agreed to play. We get up on stage. I had some congas. He had his Taylor acoustic. Never met this guy before. We rocked out for like two and a half hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The straight vibe, I mean, you played with me before. Just straight vibe out. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. So, uh, we come off the stage. He asked me, like, what you doing, man? I'm like, yeah, I don't know right now. You know, like, you might as well come on down to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> me being the nomadic spirit I have, you know, I feel like I should go everywhere at least one time. Uh, I go down for a weekend. He books, he books a, a couple shows for a weekend. Had a show every night. Went down, and that was this was in West Palm Beach. Mm. This was in Miami. I played a lot more in West Palm Beach uh, along that area between there and Lauderdale. Peace to peace to Broward County. Ain't no cowards in Broward. <laughs> People down there, my Trinis, my Jamaicans, Haitians, yeah, Mexicans, Puricans, Dominicans. Love y'all, they, Americans. But they're down there. They're down, everybody down there. Everybody's Melton. down there. Melting pot. Oh, we go down there. We play. I love it. End up moving back down there within a couple months. We stayed down there for a couple years. We went from a two-piece all the way up to like six, seven pieces at any given time. Dang. I'm talking about electric fiddle player with a wah pedal. <laughs> for real. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Wow, man. Oh, uh, had uh, we would chop it up with Dave Pastorius. You know, have him sit in with us sometimes. Jocko's nephew. Hell yeah. Dave's still rocking on the hot stuff. He normally rolling with Tech Nine, but he got he got his own projects out. Should look him up, David Pastorius. I'm gonna have to now. He always somewhere with a bass guitar in his hand and black coffee. <laughs> <laughs> It's no lie. The man's an octopus. Real deal. He's a bass player? Yeah, he's on the... Matter of fact, he might be or was just on the Legends of Rock tour playing bass. 
Pat Travers. Yeah, Days Days Wicked. So you were uh, what? And then what kind of music was this then? We played just all kind of whatever. <laughs> but yeah, but Dave Dave plays. Well, I should say all kind of whatever. <laughs> he play, he plays with anybody almost, you know. But his projects are more on the jazz tip, hmm. jazz fusion, like his uncle. Yeah. You know, Weather Report. You ever heard the Weather Report? <laughs> My goodness. Yes, of course I've heard of the okay. weather report. Fucking okay. I love that okay. fucking band. Uh okay. that's his uncle, the bass player, Jocko. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I know who Jocko was and yeah, and yeah. oh yeah, man. Weather report's uh amazing band. But Fuck. he's along that line. Okay, so he stayed in the same vein as his uncle. Yes. Nice, nice, nice. No, man, uh, yeah, that there's some of those weather report albums with Jocko on it that are just like I don't even know how they fuck. How do you even fuck it? Like I I can't even wrap my head around that shit, man. Fucking Wayne Shorter and shit. Oh my god. Yeah, Wayne Wayne was very <laughs> very ill, man. Oh man. Yeah. I watched a story on him one time, man. That's an impressive guy right there. Yeah, you know I don't know too much about him. Yeah. Wayne Shorter was skipping school <laughs> and got in trouble, and they made him join band. Oh, that's where they fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. That, that, well, I mean, it makes sense, man. Like, musicians and, and artists, I mean, school, I you know, I always notice that school can either go either way for artists but like most of the time i see it uh, i when i talk to people i see it leaning more towards the introvert you know the the mm -hmm. and, and 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 then or like the not interested at all in school kind of per, you yeah. know what i mean like they're just like mm -hmm. this is it, it just doesn't work man like I, I i was just talking to somebody today about how school and and then getting like an office job and shit just did not work for me like but None of that works for me very well. Like I, I get bored quickly, and then you know what it is, bro. You know what it is. Yeah. It's, it, it's the feeling of being scripted. Yeah. You know, the music is so free flowing. You know, it, it has it has structure to it, but it's still free flowing. Right. You know, the mundaneness of factory and, and office work. Like I love what I do as far as like my activism and stuff. But music is who I am. Right. You know, but activism is necessary in order to be able to play music. I mean, it comes everything comes down to politics at the end of the day, man. Which is sad. Which is sad. I never thought I'd be what I done what I do. So so what exactly do you do, if if you don't mind talking about it? I cause ruckus. That's what I do. <laughs> 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 well, constructive ruckus, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, man. On behalf of everyday Americans who don't even understand what I do, you know, I have people cuss me out and don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, man, I'm fighting to tell them why are they keep taxing us like crazy? Things along these lines, mm. and y'all getting all the tax cuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why? Why? I mean, health care. How can you cut somebody's health care, man? That's a right. And then you cutting it, you you cutting it 
when they need it the most. They don't cut it when you're young, when you ain't, when you ain't thinking about it. Right. They wait till you get old and kick your legs out from underneath you. Yeah, man. No, it, it happened. It just happened to my aunt. Um, she she ended up passing. She uh, they were giving her this treatment for her lymphoma that that worked. It was working, but then her healthcare, you know, was like, well, this is what you get. It you know, because everything has been cut, you have to switch to this other treatment. And then the cancer metastasized into a different kind of rare cancer that killed her. So, you know, yeah, I, I see it firsthand. I see it medicine firsthand. going up to the roof, man. Yeah. You know, they can't even afford the stuff they need, bro. $600 for an EpiPen? Come on, man. That's ridiculous. Uh, you forcing people to scan. You forcing people to scan the system. Yeah, absolutely. How else are you going to get fucking treatment? How else are you going to get, like, how else are you going to get by? It's like, you... The way mm -hmm. things are going is just like medical bills are going up. You know, I know there's they keep talking about all these jobs that are happening, but <laughs> what do you think about automation? What do you think about automation, especially someone who's in the factory world? What do you what do you think about automation and um and 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 the idea of robots taking jobs? And uh, I don't like it, but it is inevitable. So, so you think that's where it's all going? That uh... no, no. Well, what I try to teach children and their parents is to, uh, if you're going to go in that career field, then you need to make sure that you are not trying to be like a laborer. Laborer job is going to go away. You're going to have to be a straight tech, mm -hmm. a technician, an engineer. You're going to have to be the one working it, running the robots. Designing the robots. Now you got to stay way ahead of the curve. That's where America's messing up the dumbing down the education system. You know, things kids need to know they're not learning. They're not learning. George Carlin had a stand up many years ago. He said they want to keep you just dumb enough to work. Yeah. You know, they, they don't want you to get ahead. You have to bust through. That's what I do, but I'm not special. What I did, anybody can do. People just don't know their rights anymore. You don't hear them pushing government and econ anymore like they used to. Yeah. They don't want you to know it because then you're gonna come. Then you're gonna come knocking on the door like you're supposed to. Right. You're the boss. You're the boss. Right. They but work for us. Supposed to. Right. But when you don't press, when you don't whoop them, they do what they want, just like a bad kid. Yeah. And and that's sort of what we're seeing now. No, the 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 thing about I I absolutely agree with you is like if people are gonna go into any kind of manufacturing, it's like um, really think about maybe getting educated. I mean, because the thing about factory jobs was there were good jobs for people who didn't want to pursue higher education. You know, you could get out of high school, go live a decent life. You know, middle class, buy a house. But let me uh, uh, let me get you. Uh... Your listeners, little education. Please, I, I want the education. So y'all, I'm gonna tell y'all. The labor union built the world, not just America. They built the world. Now, the reason a lot of you have forty hour work weeks, the UAW did that. The labor union. The reason you have interracial couples. The UAW did that. 
There was a man named Walter Ruther and his brothers, Victor and Roy. They started the UAW. Walter lost his life. Everybody hears about Jimmy Hoffa and Martin Luther King. You don't hear about Walter Ruther, but if you look to the right of Martin Luther King, a lot of times a little white guy named Walter Ruther. And he did a lot for everybody, man. He did a lot for everybody. And he needed to get his just due. When uh, the I Have a Dream speech was written at the UAW uh, Solidarity House on Jefferson Ave in Detroit. Wow. He gave him an office there in 63 because they were trying to kill him. Jeez. So he told him to come up there and then he wrote it. He, he actually gave that speech in Detroit before he gave it in Washington. Wow. And, and Walter Ruther had a speech that he gave before Martin Luther King that was just as good. That a lot of people have never heard. And in it, he says, uh, a lot of people speak about brotherhood, he said, and they drop the brother and keep the hood. <laughs> I yeah. know that's not meant to be funny, but... No, it's real. I know, However you take I know. It, you, take, you, say, you understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you understand. But that, that man put his life on the line so a lot of people can walk around here and be ungrateful right now. Yeah. And freedom. You know, so we're not just people who build cars and they think we get big wages. No, man, I got one of the best jobs in town and we live on the poverty line. Right. See, those are the things I fight. And I'm doing that for everybody. Why are you doing us like this? When we gave you the opportunity to be our voice. Now nah, we just need everybody to support your labor unions. Support your labor unions. I always say I think it's going to be a third party that rise, man, because. The parties have divided the country like religion did. Yeah. What the party? I think it's going to be one day called the We Party. You're gonna have you're gonna have a donkey on one side crossed out like Ghostbusters. <laughs> you're gonna have an elephant on the other side crossed out like Ghostbusters, and a flagpole in the middle. It's gonna say we ain't Republican, we ain't Democrat, we Americans. Yeah. We need to vote on the issues, not the parties. Right. You know. Division. The parties are division, man. Yeah. That's why Rastafari. That's about that's about togetherness. We don't say we don't say you and me. It's I and I. When mm -hmm. I see you, you are me. One love, man. Yeah, I ain't no better than you. It's what listen, it's one race. It's the human race. The greatest nation is no nation. The most powerful nation. It's the imagination. Yeah, man. Exercise them. You have a good life. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking like the just the state of the the nation right now. And what? So, so what was this? You were you were starting to say something earlier about Nancy Pelosi. You were just sitting in. You heard her speaking, and she was talking to your uh, to your, your to our delegation. Your yeah, delegation. I didn't know what you called that. <laughs> I didn't know what you call yeah. union. It was a, well, this was this was a national a national cap conference, mm. community action program, and what that is that is the political arm of the UAW. I am the president of my shop of the cap. I register people to vote. I go knocking door to door. I educate the kids. I've been telling kids for years quit trying to be athletes. Be politicians. Be politicians. People think it's a scary world. It's the swamp because it's got gators in it. Go get them. <laughs> get them out of their seats, man. 
Yeah, man. Like that same fervor and passion that you put into sports or even arts for that matter. I mean, it can go into into something useful that it, it yeah. that can really make a lot of change. A lot of change, man, for a lot of people. Yeah. For a lot of people. And I hear a lot of people when I talk to them, I don't want my child to get involved in that. Why? Because if everybody say that, then you're going to leave the same chumps in there because they're training their kids to become politicians. Right. You're going to train yours to go out there and be a circus clown for a couple years and hope they can make a pension and still have their legs. Right. No, man. Why? We always got to be the entertainment. We should be winning. We should be winning. We the people. We the people, man. Now, um, I now I, I know unions have done like great things, and um, you know I have a other side of the argument that I've talked to. I have an educator who I've talked to who who was saying that unions have kind of messed up the school system because it doesn't allow for accountability. Because what happens is is that they get in trouble. And they got the union to back them up. And if you have years and years in the union, you know you got you got the unions back on it. What do you what do you say to to claims like that? Now, if she didn't have a union and she came to work, and her boss got in an argument with his wife, and she said the wrong thing to him that day, and he told her she fired, she has to go if she don't have a union. Right. Now, what a union does is give her what's called the grievance process, where they do an investigation. The company does an investigation, the union does an investigation. And they pretty much have a trial, man. They go back and forth with the evidence. Now, someone like that is not educated on everything. She may not even know a quarter of what I just told you of some of the facts that labor unions have done. We social activists. Now, that person might be a mess up, a habitual mess up. I've seen plenty. Never told on that one person because my mother, all four names I have, my mother, none of them are God. And I always tell people, if you're not going to pay somebody's bills, you don't need to snitch on them. Yeah. You take the livelihood out of somebody else, man. You're going you gonna to pay for their kids to go to college? You're going to pay their insurance? You're going to pay their car note? House note? See? You don't have the right. Now it's not right when lazy people get protected. But everybody, maybe that person's gonna change in a year. You know, some people, some people need time, man. Mm-hmm. I watch people change, uh, coming to work every day. Yeah, people just need time. Everybody, it's a, it's a right now world, man. Everybody got to be like everybody else. Oh, I made it, so you got to be like me. This is the way to do it. Everybody can take the same path. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, this fucking, you know, just the whole division thing keeps ringing in my head and like what's going on right now with, um, you know, with this debacle with the Democratic Party. I, I, you know, seeing what happened in Iowa with the caucus and stuff, and I'm not trying to talk straight politics here or anything, but I, I just feel like... I don't know, like that whole bullshit with the caucus, the the DNC caucus bullshit in Iowa with the app and the and the results, and then you have the president the next day going on national TV, 
I don't know if you caught it. I don't know if you watched it, but he definitely threw up a black fist of power. Uh, to, and, and like he just, it was a very uh, in your fucking face thing. But yeah. he, what I noticed is that he kept on bringing up a lot of people of color, how much he supports them and stuff like that. I feel like what's happening, and this is just my assumption, of course, is that like with that bullshit that's going on with Iowa, he's trying to come in and he's trying to get those Democrats who are sick of all the bullshit that's going on, you know, like, you know, before it was Bernie Sanders getting kicked out of his own party in the last election. Now this stupid ass app thing. And, you know, like there's just so much bullshit involved in it. Uh, like, I just feel like this is the him using this as an opportunity to to get the people of color, those the traditionally Democratic vote to the Republicans, because it was just I don't know if you watched it at all. I don't I don't know how deep you go in that side of things, but. I, 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 I didn't get to see his speech. We were on the phone. I think he came on at noon, didn't he? I don't know. I, I don't fucking know. It, it, like I just I, and in all honesty, I just I heard the highlights from this uh, on the other side of the room because my wife was watching it. So I was just hearing him. He just kept on bringing up all this like all this stuff that has to do with working class and you know people of color and all this shit. It just felt like a very opportunistic thing that was going on. And uh, it just, I don't know. It's politics. It's politics. It's politics. politics. No one win win as much. Hey, it's like when we play music. It's no one win to put something in or win not. Yeah. Space space is the most underrated thing in music. You know, sometimes it's not playing something. Right. You know. Dynamics. 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 <laughs> no, I liked how you related that because shit, man. Like you're right. You're absolutely right. It's like knowing when to add. I mean, if you're a baker, it's knowing when to add the yeast, yeah. and it's you yeah. know, you're a fucking cook is when to add the spice, and when it's time to sear, and when it's time to yeah. poach. And that's it's what that motherfucker's doing is poaching right now. It's all the same, just like sports. Yeah. Knowing when to pass, when to be aggressive. When the set, when the, depending on what sport, set a pick, set a block, you know, yeah, everything correlates with each other. People just don't normally put things together, right? Yeah, making drawing the connections, man, and right. it, it's right. it's it, and to be able to think abstractly like that, I mean, it just helps you grow in. I mean, just just be growing as a musician has helped me grow as a person. It helped me grow a personality. You know, what I mean, like. It's just like drawing, thinking abstractly, thinking in ways of like how these dots are connected. It, I mean, it just helps you just understand and and just like function a little bit, a little bit more better. That sounds so, that's so juvenile. Right, and that's what brought me around to being so active, like with what I do. Right. You know, coming back full circle. What it is is. This is how you give back at the highest level. You go to the people that make the bills. You know, I actually on the way to Washington, I wore a shirt off the old schoolhouse rock. One of the episodes said, "I'm just a bill sitting on Capitol Hill." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Messages through through fashion. Shit. <laughs> yeah, my, my 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 slogan for the past few years been make history or become history. Yeah. Wow. You, know, you got to do one or the other, man. It's powerful, man. We, we, our backs up. They, they crucifying good people. 
because we're keeping our mouth shut because we don't know what to say. I'm telling people, please get involved. Educate yourself, man. Well, get out moving on the garbage. You know what? You know what I'm also seeing. I'm, you know, I have friends out in LA who do activism for the LGBTQ community, and I got, you yeah. know, like just just hearing the common thread is, I don't know what to do. Uh, I just feel like you know Trump is gonna win. I just feel like it's like there's already this defeatist mentality going on within right. within right. the working party. You know what I mean? Right. right. And like yeah, it's like I don't know if that's by design. You know what I mean? Like it, I, is. it is, bro. It's it, a systematic dumbing down of the people. It, well, I mean, we just like lost faith in in ourselves. Like we've lost faith in the working class. The the class that built this country is losing faith in itself. If and, you start talking to somebody about the news, then they're gonna say it's boring. I can't watch it. Right. Okay. Right there, you just got behind. <laughs> because it ain't even as much as like super uh, knowing or under understanding what they're saying is them knowing what they're saying. You need to know what they're saying. Watch all and read all publications. Now compare them, and then do your own homework, man. You live in the real world, so you know what they're not doing. Right. So if you feel like Trump is going to win, I mean, you need to go talk to 10, 10 more people. The key is to get people to the polls, souls to the polls, man. Yeah, well, that that's absolutely. And that's one of the things that I like to push on this show is like, you know, people can be mad about Trump being president and people can be mad at all these Republicans who went out and voted and fucking thing. You know what? They did their fucking American duty and they went out and voted. The reason why Trump fucking won is because so many people didn't fucking vote. It's yeah. like, go fucking vote, asshole. Like, get out yeah. there, man. Like, yeah. you don't like it? Then go fucking change it. And you don't, They don't understand the other side strategizes all the way down to the point of watching the weather. Yeah. They, hope it, they hope it rains so people don't come up. They know it make it tougher on certain people. Yeah. You know, they watch every... They like Bill Belichick. <laughs> Bill Belichick, you know... He reviews the footage. How receiver, receiver lines up. So many times, you know what Rowdy gonna run. Yep. I didn't know. I didn't know. I watched a documentary on old Dexter. I call Bill Belichick Dexter. <laughs> the NFL like his laboratory, man. <laughs> Dexter's laboratory. And, and this guy, he said his major in college was statistics. Mm. I said it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, because they're very strategic how they move. Yeah. But the the government is the same way when it comes to politics and running campaigns. I've learned that I was a vice president of a collection, uh, not collection, but election committee for like five years. So I learned how to run campaigns and I knew how to campaign just from playing music, you know, making posters and uh, flyers for your shows and stuff. Old school stuff. Yeah. So we're learning the actual ins and outs of how to run a campaign and what's cheating and What's what's fair and what you can do? Parliamentary procedure, how to call any meeting in the world, you know, Robert's rules of order. Unions can teach you a lot, man. It's, it's all it's like anything else in life. What you take out of it, you know. If you're sitting in the class sleep, you're not gonna get much. Right. If you stay woke, you're gonna catch something. Yeah, it's something's bound to stick. Shit. Better hope. Are you wasting a lot of a resource that you cannot find more of? Yeah. 
time. Yeah. Yeah. If you exactly. find any on if you find any on sale, holla at me. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> Try to get that. Holla at me. <laughs> oh shit, man. Well, Dwayne, I I really do appreciate you taking the time out and chat with me, man. What 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 are you doing now? Like what just sort of wrap up. What are, what what are you involved with now? What are I, I know you're playing sometimes with me in the one time uh with the One Love Reggae band, but uh you have some other projects too, correct? Yeah, I'm bouncing in and out of things. You know, this is full swing for election mm-hmm. year. So I got a lot going on in my I life. Got you. So you're 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 leaning activist. So you're going music and activism hard this year. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I I played with a cat, my man Ryan. Give a big shout out to him, Ryan O'Shaughnessy, old old Shag Hennessy. <laughs> if you can't spell his name, but old Shag Hennessy, I like that. Yeah. He and I play together, Quiet Fire. You know, we just do a little bit of improving. I at one time I wanted to call us Improbable. <laughs> we take all your favorites and just do what we do to them. We do what we feel today. You know, but we're gonna make it flavorful. Oh. And just, but uh, oh, like, you a- said, like you said, been dabbling with the one love. Yeah, fam is always on 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 tap, but we've been chilling, you know, yeah. since my brother been down. But we gonna plus I've been busy anyway. It's not like I've just been sitting twiddling my thumbs. Right. I've been trying to meet more musicians to uh build my own little fly fly band. You know, and be able to do what I want to do. Yeah, as a musician. So, yeah, I feel you, man. Yeah, you know, do you have any? Is there any of those recordings out there of of you uh, rapping? Uh, yeah, I'm sure there are. It, I mean, I, <laughs> would you want to play can, some on the show? I ain't got nothing on me right this second, but yeah. We well, no, I mean do. we can. I can edit it in. We can. I, you can just send yeah. it to me when you get a chance. If you want to, yeah. if you want to, man, send me a track and I'll play it on the show. It's just, uh, just to give people a taste of, you know, yeah, your mind. Some old school mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. Old school mind for the new school times, huh? There you go. If you want to, if not, it's all good. I've had a lovely time chatting with you. I, I and I, again, I do sincerely appreciate you uh, coming on and chatting it up and. You know, I, know. I you know you actually kind of got me hyped up to to fucking like start talking shit. I I you know I've done activism in my life. I uh, I've like knocked on doors, I've passed out pamphlet pamphlets, I've uh, I've marched. I've done that stuff before. Not that I didn't love it, but it's just I I find that I I just try to help in different ways you know like yeah. i i i help it's my community hard. here in different ways you help man I mean, because you got a listener community so exactly and then and then there's this they need to vote so you're using your voice yes indeed and that's and that's in this right here this is my main thing that i like to do is is like because man leading up to the trump election i was so fucking shit talking that motherfucker like every chance and my co-host was at the time was a uh was a trump supporter so i just sit there and shit talk him he should talk me you know how it goes but man i never thought i'd come to this so yeah this election season it's on man i've been i'm just i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna i'm encouraging souls to the polls yeah man. souls to the polls i like it all right Dwayne. well i appreciate it. you have a great day 
And um, you need any more talking? Educate the folks up. We need to get them out there, man. Children, start getting involved. It's your world. Yeah, it's your world, man. You got to start paying attention. For sure. But yeah, I appreciate you. We we speak English. Hopefully, we spoke it better than the people that's been doing it for us. <laughs> Uh, well, if we didn't, we sure as hell gave it our best. We did. We did. <laughs> All right, man. You have a great day. Yes, sir. Bless up. Thank you, Dwayne. I appreciate you chatting it up with me. I'll be seeing you out there in on the circuit, on the on the music circuit. I'll be seeing you. Um, go uh, no, uh, go to randommystique.com. R e i n a m y s t i q u e dot com. Check out the latest single, which is being released this Saturday, February twenty second, two thousand twenty. So the idea was uh, Roman shit I stole is the name of the. I don't know, what do you even call it? The album or the concept? What the project. And it's basically stuff that uh, there's going to be new stuff released. There's going to be old stuff from from Raina's past. So this is from Raina's past. And it's going to be from Conscious and the Co-op, which is which was one of my first loves, uh, a band that I joined and, and where I met my beautiful wife, Raina. So go check it out. RainaMystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Also, while you're there, check out the Experience tab to find out where me and my lovely wife are playing in the Toledo area. Um, let's see. Go and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and enjoy the free music tutorials on anything from a bass to a guitar to a piano. There's also silly shit I throw up there, and of course, podcast content. You know, I, I've been updating the YouTube, so maybe go check them out. Check out the videos on YouTube. It'll help you practice a little better since you can scrub to the point you want and not have to keep <laughs> resetting the stupid asshole video on Instagram. Um, you can write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com. Check us out on at we speak English good.com. Um, sometimes I update it sometimes uh, and I think that's everything I, it's, it's, I, I got this improv show tonight and I'm kind of I'm trying not to think about it so of course what do I do I start talking about it so I can start really feeling the anxiety come over me again so um, anyways wish me luck it's tonight in Man Arbor if you're in Ann Arbor, which would be really funny if somebody who listens to this podcast in Ann Arbor showed up tonight. But if you are interested, I'm at the Pointless Theater in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, tonight around 7 o'clock. And that is, what's today's date? The 19th, February 19th, 2020. Uh, okay, that's it for me. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and the rest of your week. Be safe. HJ's for everybody. Be good to your fellow human beings. Bye. Fresh.